<laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm editing that the fuck out, man. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm a supporter of human beings! What? Spencer. Lorian. I think it's Lorian. Lorian. Oh, Lorian, 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 yes. Lorian, Lorian, Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I am a lone wolf. He does live in Kansas City. Bowl after bowl, bowl after bowl, bowlafterbowl.com. That's right. You know where to find us every Tuesday, Token Tuesdays, right here in the bowl. Thanks for joining us. Because that's where you are, in the bowl. It's episode 102. That's right, 102, on September 7th, 2021. And I am, indeed, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And uh, we're bringing it to you. Along with the baby wolf cub again. That's right, he's still here. Oh yeah. He may be quiet now, but I'm sure you'll hear him later. Um... Sir C, uh, Sir C. Mike pointed out that Dvorak clip did indeed come from one of C. Mike's donations. He does live in Kansas City. He does live in Kansas City. He does. And uh, yes, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. You know what else is true? What's true is we're live from the bowl stream and from No Agenda uh, stream as well. So thanks for joining us from both. Uh, if you want to find those links, you can go to bowlafterbowl.com, click on Listen Live, and that will get you to the stream. That will get you to the chat. We call it the bowl. And uh, you love to be in the bowl trolling along with all the rest of the trolls in there. Always a good time. It's a great time. Great time had by all. Hey, before we get started, our favorite thing to do is to thank all of our producers. That's just kind of how it goes around here. We are what you call a value-for-value value podcast, so... We put it out there every week, and uh, we just ask you to, what's the value? Do you get value from it? Send it back uh, in the form of many different things. Time, talent, treasure. You know the spiel. You know the spiel by now. Um, We do have a donate page at bullafterbull.com. The funnest way to do it, really, is streaming Satoshis with Podcasting 2.0. And all of the value features there. If you go to newpodcastapps.com, that will point you to all the different apps that uh, implement Podcast 2.0 features. And the ones that are tagged value are ones you can use to stream sats. Uh, Very exciting things coming up as they're working on the live tag. So soon, hopefully, they will be able to stream sats live as you're listening live, which would be pretty cool. Um, Lots of different ways to do that. We love CurioCaster. We love PodFriend. Uh, there's a fountain that's probably the newest one on the block. And uh, it just seems like there's more apps popping up all the time. So go ahead and check those out. 
little light week for streaming sats this week, and uh, maybe correlated with the Bitcoin price jump, as I'm sure that you all saw it. Uh, shoot way up, although we're in a dip now, right? It's back back to a little 10% dip. So it's back on sale, as uh, NetNet said in the bowl earlier. Buy the dip, right? Uh, I think that the current price is right around 46000 per Bitcoin. But you can break that down into little bitty Satoshis uh, and stream that to us. As you're listening, you can boost us uh, if you like what you hear. And uh, we do want to thank our sole executive producer today, Sir C. Mike, we already mentioned. Oh, thanks, Sir, Sir C. Mike. Sir C. Mike, <laughs> credited with $100 to the bowl. Woo! So thank you, sir. Thank you. It's much appreciated. Um, also scored a piece of gear from C. Mike earlier today, a used Motu. Uh, which is great because you know if it's been used by C Mike, then it's barely even used at all. It's been in pristine condition. Ooh, I had a sneeze there. Goodness gracious! Yeah, we have been crazily out in the woods for the past week. Bless you, living that <coughs> OTG life. And my allergies are just getting rammed. Mm. It's like the perfect uh, time of year for that. And. uh... Oh God! And and also, <laughs> yes, that's like being outdoors in this time of year always murders me. And of course, it would catch up on the show. <laughs> Bless you. Oh my goodness! Usually, it's me, right? And you get to make fun of me. Well, it can't always be you. No, my how the tables have turned. The turns table, yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, some antihistamine eye drops, popping Benadryl like crazy, trying to get through it, you know, one day at a time. But we've been running around just uh, fixing vehicles. Uh, got an electric boat motor, just <laughs> a little trolling motor going today, because uh, my pop got a little pond on his property. So we're cruising around on that. It's just a little tiny motor. It takes, I think, 30 amps max, so six-pound push, but it can scoot around that little pond in that little rowboat pretty good. We were having a hell of a time on that today. Kind of just uh, maintaining the pond. So if any bowlers out there know a lot about pond maintenance and getting it back to muster, um, right now it's covered. The surface is, the surface is just covered with duckweed. And I think it's choking a lot of the oxygen out of the pond because we got some dead fish going on. Boy, we must have fished at least 30 of them out today. Oh, that's too bad. Just going around the pond with a skimmer, skimming off dead fish and uh, some of that duckweed as we could get. It's clearing off bit by bit. It's just kind of those new property uh, things that you got to do, a little maintenance, cleaning up, painting, all of that good stuff. And yeah, that's what's been going on. Uh, speaking of assistance from the bowlers, if anybody's seen my keys here around the bowl, <laughs> kind of important. I'm going to need those back. I don't know where I set them. I set them somewhere over here. I don't think I left them behind the curtain. Maybe we'll look later when we go back there. Yeah. Keep an eye peeled for sure. That's got my truck keys on it, my main motorcycle key. I have a spare for that, but I don't have a spare for the truck, and we really need it for moving. So if anybody sees those, can you please holler at me? 
Thank you. That would be much appreciated. Much appreciated. Um, did have a Sphinx update. Um, our Sphinx tribe is still indeed rocking. They really got the Sphinx tribe rocking. But uh, there is another tribe that is relatively new. It's called Sats Lottery, I believe. Um, there's a kind of a higher price per message. Uh, 249 sats per message and you pick a number right now what they're doing they kind of change the game every once in a while but they've been doing satoshi's powerball where you just message a number between 1 and 99 each each message is an entry you can get up to 10 pick up to 10 numbers and then at the end the pool they just draw a number between 1 and 99 and whoever picked that number wins the prize and guess what what? Your boy Sir Spencer won the first Satoshi's Powerball. Oh, that's awesome. 14,000 sets, my Woo. man. Way to go. So, that's a fun thing to uh fun thing to play with if you're in there. What was the winning number? The winning number was 60. Six, oh, I thought you were going to say 69. Somebody already picked 69 and multiple people can pick the same number and it's just kind of split. split. So like if pot. if two people have the same number it goes half and half, but I just picked some other numbers since somebody already had 69. I was like, well, what about 60? And I ended up winning. Cool. I picked a few. I think I had like six entries, but uh yeah. I see uh Servo and NetNet in the Bull After Bull tribe boosting away. Um and they can also be executive Producers for this episode. So thank you, NetNed. Yeah, thank you, sirs. Thank you, Servo. Uh, still rocking away in the Sphinx tribe. Um, I recommend keeping up to date with the, if you're on Android, with that latest Kotlin release. Uh, they are updating that pretty regularly. I think like once a week now. And they just put the ability to do paid pictures in that version. Um, so it wasn't working before, but now it is working. So you can do attachment messages and, and paid, paid picture messages. So that's very cool. Very cool. Very legal. Very legal. Very up to date. Um, sphinx.chat is where to get hooked in with that. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just goes, just goes hand in hand, really. Streaming value for value. And weed is an excellent combination. That's right. You heard it from the Podfather himself. It just goes. It just goes together in any weather. Hey, another way you can contribute to Bowl After Bowl is to leave a voicemail every week. We have a first time I ever topic, and this week we're talking about the first time I ever found money. Uh, so whether it was on the ground or somewhere around, uh, when's that first time you luckily stumbled upon? Some kind of cash. Picked it up and it became yours. Uh, tell us all about it. All you got to do is pick up your phone. And- Call 816-607-3663 And they'll play your voicemail I'm reliably informed it's Kotlin. For the last time. I've said it so many times. The Kotlin app, damn it. The Kotlin app. But uh, anyway, yes. Call in with your voicemail. First time you ever found money. We've got a few voicemails already. And hey, if you're voice shy, you can always text us. Uh, The bull accepts texts, picture messages, all that good stuff. 
and uh, make it on to the show. That's right. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? That's pretty good. Before we get too crazy into things, too, I do have an ultra-important announcement regarding the KC Meetup. Uh, We've had a venue for uh, about a week and a half now. I didn't announce it last week, but I have submitted the event. I don't think it's quite live yet, but it has been submitted to noagendameetups.com. The KC Meetup, it's coming up on September 25th. That's a Saturday. And we're going to have it over on the Kansas side this time. It's the West Side Barbecue Boogaloo Edition. All right. Uh, Mill Creek Streamway in Lenexa, Kansas, over in Johnson County. So going to the Kansas side this time, 3.33 p.m. If you want to enter your uh, barbecue into the little friendly barbecue competition, I uh, don't think that we're actually picking a winner because everybody's a winner because we all get to eat it together. That's right. But there is a handy link uh, that will be live when the event goes live on noagendameetups.com. You can click on that link. Dame Blackhammer was kind enough to set up a page where you can let us know if you're planning on bringing sides or plates or napkins or smoking meat or any kind of thing. Uh, and we can coordinate that way. Uh, and speaking of coordination... At the last meetup, C Mike set up a signal group for the KC No Agenda crowd. So if you're interested in being added to the KC No Agenda signal group, just shoot me an email, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. And just let us know. You wanna be in there. You wanna get those uh you wanna get those signal messages. I promise it's not super annoying. It comes in bursts and uh you know, we maybe burst one another once a week at the most. Yeah, so it's relatively quiet. We try to be respectful of each other's time in there. Cool. Very cool. I got to get in there. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> what am you. I doing? Are you on signal? I'm pretty I think sure you're so. on signal. Yeah, I'm on signal. I'm on signal. Got to be on signal. <laughs> yeah, and there's going to be a playground at this uh, venue, right? That's right. For the little human resources. Human resource friendly. Last time we must have had 30 kids there or something. Yeah, 33. 33. Damn that's near right. 33. Always, uh, <laughs> always forget. Yeah, damn near thirty-three. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be kid friendly, and it's gonna be uh, empty tummy friendly too. Come hungry and leave full and fulfilled with great conversation. And uh, see, Mike's gonna bring his drone this time. I brought my drone last time, but like I explained, I just got all caught up in the conversation, and we also had. Um, Duke Fugazato on the video chat. That's right. Which kind of made things... It was just like another element. There was a lot going on, for sure. By the time I got my food and started eating, then people were like saying, yeah, we got to get going. Bye-bye. Oh. <laughs> Not everybody, of course, because then there's always also like a little pocket of people that will just like stay forever, which is awesome. That's what I love about the No Agenda meetups, you know? It was a pretty constant stream of people coming in and out of yeah. that last one. Definitely. Pretty cool. Can't wait to see you at the next one. You should come. You should join us. I know... Uh, Circus Media is going to be there. Circus Media. Making the trek. He is making the trip all the way. He's going for it. That'll be so cool. Super excited. Well, you know what I'm excited for? What? I'm excited to hear some 33 stories. Oh, yeah. Well, just like the politicians, the Taliban's not keeping their word. They have a 33-man government that they've installed, and not a single woman was included. 
Oh, can nice. you believe it? Yeah, well, of course I can believe it. <laughs> I, they said they were going to be uh, including women, but you know, went back on that word, just like a lot of dirty politicians Maybe do. Women will bring them coffee. All thirty-three <laughs> of them, or something like that. I don't think the women are supposed to leave their homes, you know. So, but yeah. who knows? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Um, as long as they're included in the press release, I guess that counts, right? I guess, I guess. <laughs> we will include them, it says right here. Yeah, right in the headline. Not a single woman was included, but the word woman is included in this headline for our presser. There you go. Good enough, man. Yeah. Oh, this story I saw this week in Florida. This sharpshooter marine, 33 years old, of course... Um, self-identified as a survivalist, shot a couple, their three-month-old baby and grandmother dead. Oh, my God. For no reason other than saying to the uh, law enforcement afterwards, I'm a sick guy. I want to confess to all of it and be sent to jail. Wow. Yeah. He also shot uh, the woman's 11-year-old daughter, but I believe she is alive. She was taken to the hospital with her injuries. And the woman he killed also happened to be 33. Whoa, double prizes. You gotta be careful in the year, 33rd year of your life. I know, it seems like weird things can happen, right? Yeah. This is one of the darker 33 stories yeah. that I've heard. That was a bummer. Yeah, the baby was three months old. That's John, not cool. Our little wolf cub John's age. I don't know oh, how. Oh, it made me sick. I don't know how you can even be a human being and do that kind of thing. No, no. So, uh, he... Served tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and was honorably discharged after four years. Huh. So, hmm. I think a little uh, whispering spook was in his ear for this. You gotta you know? wonder. You gotta <laughs> wonder what uh, SSRIs he might have been on or something like that. Yeah. Very creepy. Very Florida man. And my final story is another drug sting that happened where 33 people were arrested. This time in Australia. And they didn't give us the cool mission name that they came up with. Oh. I say cool sarcastically, of course. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, not like Operation High Times or whatever. Um, but there were 80 charges in total, and uh, they took away people's meth, weed, morphine, and then unnamed pharmaceutical drugs and unnamed chemicals. Just mm. like, wow, pretty... Vague. Well, you wouldn't want to besmirch the good name of all the pharmaceutical drugs out there. Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. But, of course, the magic number always trickles into the Koof stories. Oh, yeah. There's always plenty of them. So, this week, it was a slower week. It was a slower week. Uh, there were 33 deaths in Polynesia in Mississippi that the Koof got credit for. And then 33 cases in Oklahoma, Yates County, New York... Juneau, Alaska, and New Zealand. I don't know if you saw, but 33 legislators in Rhode Island are asking the governor to amend the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Mm. Always a good number of uh, legislators to have writing a letter together. <laughs> uh, there was a 33-year-old Georgia man who died, and of course his final plea was for everyone he knows to get the shot. I see that story run every week. Every 33-year-old who dies of the coup pled their friends it's like, to get the right, shot before they pass. Let's pick a red state with a low vaccination rate. Uh, let's say this guy died, and 
Oh, let's say he died with tears in his eyes, begging people, please get the vaccine. That's right. And you can kind of lead the witness with the family members mourning their passage. He did want other people to get the vaccine, right? 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 Wouldn't you have wanted that? Wouldn't you have wanted other people to live? Yeah, <laughs> and I always base my life on random motherfuckers that I've never met and what they wanted right before they died. It's <laughs> very moving and personal to me, specifically, for sure. Yeah. I, I got up and I got two shots as soon as I heard that. It's too bad. As a person who's written obituaries in the past... To see the person's life overshadowed by talking points and the coof scare and the fear propaganda, it's just gross, you know? I do know. And I want to know more about the guy, like, you know? But no, no, no. Got to push the narrative. Yeah. Well, in India, they've surpassed 33 million cases of the coof. Whoa. And that rounds it out for my uh, 33 coof stories. But I did want to mention... That if you have a child in a Kansas City school where, of course, we are under an alleged mask mandate until October 7th, Attorney General Schmidt says that the kids can just ignore that mandate because of his lawsuits. Nice. I think you should just apply that everywhere. I think it is sort of applied everywhere. I (laughs) I feel like that's why there's no pushback. I was going to say, I don't wear a mask. I don't bring one with me either, and no one has confronted me about it. I mean, I haven't heard any updates on the lawsuit or how it's going, but usually they'll ask for a stay while a lawsuit is pending. But, you know, I don't think anything's been granted. I don't think, as far as I know, the lawsuit just is filed and then nothing else has happened. As far as I know. Yeah. Not that they're going (laughs) to, like, throw it all over the headlines if anything happens, of course, but, you know. Yeah. Just more just more tell you what to do kind of stuff. You gotta love it. <laughs> See Mike in the chat says, uh, first question, why the fuck is your child in the Kansas City schools? Do you not love your children? <laughs> well, you know. We're we're in uh, school district thirty three too, so yeah, there's no way my kids are going there. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But anyway, man, you wanna go behind the curtain? He's, Maybe your yeah. keys will be back here. Well, let me look. Maybe the wolf cub will quiet down a little bit. Quiet down, wolf cub. He's greedy this week. He's just ready to have his own podcast, I think. <laughs> you know, he's got a lot to say. Apparently so, apparently so. He has to listen to his two older sisters all day, so. Yeah. You know, gotta get it out. <laughs> well, in Colorado, voters will be deciding in November... Whether or not to increase the sales tax on recreational weed by 5% over the next three years. Which, uh, it's one of those things where it starts off at an additional 3% and then builds up to the 5%. And that would fund out-of-school services like tutoring and mental health programs for students. Of course, you know how I feel about taxes. And whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's already a 30 plus percent on or tax, you know, on the weed that's sold. And a lot of it goes towards school funding. So. So they just want to pile another one on there? No, they just need more to spend, you know. Um, in 2020, they uh, the state received $387 million in taxes and fees from weed. Woo! So. Got the big you really bucks. need more than that? You really need more than 333 million? You already got 387 in 2020. 
a pandemic recession year. Come on. It's recession-proof, and uh, they saw that we were right, that it's a huge boon, and they just want to keep on taxing and taxing. Yeah. Out of school services, though. Just, ugh. No thanks. No thanks. Um, in Illinois, a judge has left in place the order blocking regulators from issuing business licenses to the 185 recent license lottery winners. And that's, of course, because of all these lawsuits going on over the social equity applications. Right. Veterans not getting points for social equity. Um, I mean, the whole point-based system, people getting 100% points, some people getting zero zero points, even though they have the same uh, social equity status. Then, of course, them flip-flopping on whether employees count towards the social equity application. Yep. Just a mess they've created for themselves. Big quagmire. Yep. And now, uh, you know, people thought they were getting licenses, but not for right now. Gonna have to wait indefinitely. Just... Keep kicking that can down the road. Yep. Beautiful government-run stuff, you know? Hurry up and wait. Exactly. Exactly. There's been new industry rules proposed in Michigan. Um, 116 pages in the proposal, which is now open for public review and comment. Woohoo! Just some highlights. Michigan wants to create two new types of licenses, one for educational research permits and one for micro-businesses. They want to lower the fees, the application fees, by a couple thousand dollars on each of them. It's nothing, uh, you know, eyebrow-raising, really. It went from, like, $6,000 to $4,000 for dispensaries and such. And then uh, they have created what they're calling the Joint Ventures Pathway Program, which is a social equity plan designed to partner qualified social equity applicants with already licensed companies, kind of like a mentoring program. So we'll see what people think about that or how it works if this goes through, these proposed ideas. I also saw that there's a new Senate bill in Michigan which would legalize possession, cultivation, and delivery of plant and fungi-derived psychedelics. Nice. Yeah. Uh, kind of like weed in D.C. in the past, so you can't receive money for it. You can't, you, you know, sell it. You've got to, like, give it away. you got to give it away. But they said you can charge reasonable fees for services related to the use of it, like spiritual guidance and counseling. Interesting. <laughs> so, you know. Baked in a, loopholes. That's what I like. You can sell your shamanic services and give the person magic mushrooms neat very neat we'll very, see. very legal <laughs> maybe we'll see where this bill goes you know how it's a step go. in the right direction after all after all it's a step in the right direction it's a step in the right direction after all yes let the state make money off of the plants and fungus uh merrill lynch appears to be relaxing their approach to taking on new clients with weed-related business assets. Um, They came out with a little update presser saying that advisors will be able to seek approval for clients in what they call lower-risk situations when it comes to weed. That would be clients who have a small part 
of their overall net worth connected to a weed business. So, ooh. More opportunities. <laughs> yeah. And then South Dakota. Oh, this makes me so sad. Um, their legislature's medical marijuana subcommittee has voted to recommend a ban on home cultivation for medical patients because uh, they're not getting slammed enough already against the wishes of their voters, you know? Sue me harder, Daddy. So in their measure, it was initiated Measure 26 for medical. Uh, they, it said that patients could grow a minimum of three plants. And Christy Noem has suggested time and time again that home growth should be limited to three plants. Just three plants. That's a very weird way to state it, a minimum of three. But I, guess I agree, yeah. The ceiling, oh, it's just so bad to put it there. Don't They're put like, a cap on it. The cap has to be three at least, but uh, it's just like, is that three at each, it's at each stage again, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Is is that or is that three one clone? It's that vague. One veg and one Just flower, you know, because you can't really if, a minimum if of three plants. One also, plant dies and you're screwed. Yeah, I, I think it's weird to have a minimum on there too. I agree. It should just say patients can home grow. Period. Yeah. And then maybe it should say like, and the government can't argue with us on this. <laughs> well, that's why you I use mean, that shall language. Shall. You know? Yes, you're right. Well, uh, we'll ultimately see what comes of this on October 29th, which is when they will, well, it's when they're set to begin issuing oh, medical cards. They're in a big fat hurry, I see. Of course, you know, we'll see how this goes. They might find a reason to kick that can down the road, too. Um, they've also voted this subcommittee to just ban medical companies entirely. You oh, know, boy. Like, oh, yeah, we have a medical market, just not allowed here. Seem the very voters pass it, you just can't use it. They seem very friendly to the whole concept. Right? And of course, South Dakota is still battling in the state's Supreme Court over the fate of their recreational initiative, which the voters passed overwhelmingly. 70%. Man, if South, if South Dakota beats us to wreck, I'm going to be so upset. No joke, but... They deserve it if they get it, because this has been a hell of a battle. No doubt. Yeah, their government, their government's completely it's against like, them. When I saw that they were going to have medical and recreational on the 2020 ballot, I was like, wow, they really want to have all their bases covered. You know, they want to make sure they get weed. Yep. And look at the situation they're in. They voted for both of them, passed them both, and then the government's just like, nah, we don't want you to have that. We know that you guys want it, but we don't think it's a good idea. Right. And we're your nannies, so what we say goes. Shut up, slave. Oh, well. We'll see where this goes. I mean, it's kind of just a symbolic gesture, this little subcommittee and their suggestions, but it seems like it might be a preview of more battles to come. Shut up, slave. That's right. Uh, Washington State is ending its contract with their seed-to-sale traceability provider, and they've decided to create their own simplified in-house system, which is the first time a state has taken on this job of developing and overseeing its own platform. It can't be that tough, right? I think it would be easier than having a third party in a different state who you can't get in touch with when outages happen right. or things go down. That yeah. was the whole single point of failure we talked about last week, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I say good for you, Washington State. 
even better and more easier and cost effective would be to eliminate the requirement to track seed to sale. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, then it can't fail. Then you don't have to pay for it. Then the taxpayers aren't on the hook for it. And uh, it doesn't really matter anyway. Tracking every seed to sale, it's just a dumb idea. I think it's really dumb, too. I don't know. It just I doesn't mean, help anybody. The only people it helps are these uh, corporations that win the bid, you know, that win the contract. Well, and it's it's just creepy, too, that, you know, when you make the purchase, you scan your ID and whatever, so it's like, this is the plant that went to this person. Yeah. And if it ends up in a bad place, like, say it falls out of your pocket and then a kid gets caught with it, then they can find you. They're like, you had that bottle number or whatever. <laughs> it's just, the whole thing is so silly. It, it, again, lends itself to this big lie of weed being this terribly dangerous thing that you have to make sure, you know, they don't track uh, from the pill manufacturing to sale and all of these friggin' pharmaceutical pills that kill people every year. But they yeah. want to track seed to sale and weed. It's just silly. Hmm. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. And you know it's it's nice. Don't don't get me wrong. It's nice to know where your pot came from, where it was grown, when it was grown, the flower cycle, all those cool little details. And uh, there's a lot of companies that would do that either way. Right. That's what the label is for. But you should allow the free market to compete. And you know those hi- those hiring companies that put the information like where it was grown and all of the genetics and all that good stuff. That's going to be uh, something that is rewarded by the market. But, exactly. But to say that it's required and if you don't do it, you get fined or lose your license or all this crap. It's just it's just more government overreach. Yeah. Well, we're not allowed to let, you know, give the free market a try. So <laughs> here we are. And I did see that groups like Normal um, and, you know, Sam, also opponent groups, were submitting comments to Chucky Schumer's weed bill. Or, you know, draft. He hasn't filed anything yet. And I started reading through the comments, hoping that someone, anyone, would be like, please, don't put this in the hands of the ATF and these other groups. Don't split the job between five. No, no, no. Everyone is just like, oh, this could really do it. Thank you so much. We could free the weed. And, of course, Sam is like, yeah, but you shouldn't. Like, weed is bad, okay? Yeah, of course. And so it's just like those two polar opposites. I didn't see too many nuanced comments at all really there were a few gripes about taxes and stuff which good but i was like come on this plan is terrible this is just a bad idea <laughs> someone should have said just scrap the whole thing and take it off the scheduled substances that's all we have to do just remove I, it i know this that's the real problem with the whole weed debacle is the solutions are so simple but they don't want solutions they no. want to create new problems they want to retain total control while kind of giving the people what they think they want. Yeah, that's the trick, though. The people do think that this is what they want, as noted by the comments that were sent in. It was creepy. I was like, yeah, oh, man, I wonder come how on. many of those are just bot farm comments, too. Well, no, no, no. They're all... I mean, I recognize the names as people involved in the activism community from normal and such. That's good. You know, it's but it's just... I think a lot of people are exhausted, too, and just ready for federal legalization. But it's, a bad bill is worse than... Right. You Especially know? when like, you get into <laughs> the mission creep, you know, and you get the policy wonks who are advising what to do with policy, and they've got, like, 28 proposals, you know, 
Right. And it's really like, you can just boil it down to one. Just repeal prohibition. <laughs> it was just a, I mean, and it's a lengthy bill, too. I don't like that. I just want one page. Tell me in one page right. what you're doing. You don't need 1,200 pages to legalize pot. No. No. And you need one sentence. Remove the word marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. But, you know, in a perfect world, that might happen, but we don't live in a perfect world, so here we are. Um, so the Ninth Circuit Appeals Court in California rejected a lawsuit seeking to force the DEA to reschedule weed. Uh, it was put together by a medical patient, an inmate, and a researcher. They were the plaintiffs. And uh, they ruled on a technicality, writing in an opinion, that the petitioners, quote, failed to exhaust other avenues of relief that they could have pursued before coming to court. <laughs> like what? Nice. I mean, can you give me an example of where to go to make the DEA reschedule weed? Or deschedule would be preferred. It's, uh... It's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a secret. Maybe there's a secret uh, password at the DEA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the judge is like, you you didn't even try the password. You didn't even knock. You didn't knock three times. <laughs> we told you to do the hokey pokey, spin yourself around, and you just didn't. You refused. So we refused to serve you. Somewhere there's like a geocache, and when it's unlocked, like, weed's descheduled. And the <gasps> judge is just like, no, there's, there's, there's other ways you haven't tried. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, we got to find that. I'm not going to tell you what the ways are. I'm just saying, you know, there's other ways. Also this week, the DEA proposed an increase in the amount of weed and psilocybin that can be legally produced for research. Um, Of course, you know, for the FDA so that they can approve new drug products, as they call them. Yeah, they want to isolate little molecules out of it. So I was like, well, what does an increase in in weed look like? You know, how many pounds are we talking here? Looks like about 4,400 pounds. Hmm. I was underwhelmed. I was hoping for like 420,000 pounds of weed (laughs) for for scientific purposes or something. (laughs) Like 4,400 pounds, that's like 10 studies. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I also, uh, White House Office of National Drug Control Policy, they want to simplify the registration process for these researchers to access Schedule One drugs by using the process that researchers use to access Schedule Two drugs. So we'll see if that gets legs and goes anywhere. It's just a uh, just an idea being thrown out right now. Schedule 1, Schedule 2, it's all bullshit. Yeah, no more schedules. No schedules at all. Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice? You know what is nice, though? Finding money. I like finding money, but, you know, before we find money, this is uh, the moment that we usually do the metal moment, and uh, we haven't heard from the Rev. Hopefully he got out of uh, the Gulf area okay. Uh, but we don't have a new metal moment to share. But we did finish reading Metal. Yes, we did. That uh, book w- by M. Andrew Jones. I will have a link in the show notes for sure. It was a page turner. All right, the little clip that we read off the back of it is how the story starts. That's right. And uh, I, I'll just give you a little summary, a little taste. Our protagonist, Sophie, has uh, made a deal where she will get $100,000 
in exchange for her life. She is to be murdered in six months. Yeah. So, you know, shenanigans ensue. And I agree. It was one of those uh, easy to kind of keep going, a page turner, like you said. Um, I got drawn into the story. Um, although, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago on show 99, uh, or we talked about it on 100, I think, uh, the character seemed to snort a lot, you know? Oh, yes. There was a lot of she snorting. She snorted, he snorted, snorting snorts. Uh, and I don't know if that's like a th- thinly veiled reference or uh, what it is. Well. There's a lot of snorting going on, though, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. She does uh, open up with things that she likes, which involves snorting, so. It's true. That's, you know, I wondered if that was just another nod or another wink. Oh, there was some good uh, no agenda winks in there, like her uh, little cash tip bonus of a boobs donation. There is an 8085 reference, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I miss. It. I did not miss that. Let's no, say. no, that was not lost on me. That was not lost on me. But yeah, what else was not lost on me? Uh, were the listener voicemails, which still continue to roll in. Eight one six six zero seven three six six three is how you get there. You can leave us a message about the first time you ever found money, and uh, like we said, we got a big dump uh, three weeks back from the high flying Hawaiian and. Uh, you remember last week he was talking a little bit about uh, the connection between the HIV um, debacle in the 80s and early 90s, uh, kind of paralleled with the coronavirus panic of current day. And uh, we're going to hear a couple more from him before we get started uh, with the rest of the bowlers. Another thing is, is uh, they don't have a definite way that uh, viruses are transmitted. Um, they have theories it's called germ theory. It's not been proven, you know. I mean, like, there's no science behind any of this shit. It's just people are very like, I don't know what it is, egotistical or something. Like, they're like all experts now, and they're pushing their personal opinions on people and what they, you know, they're just regurgitating what they hear. Um, but they, there's no science. And if you look at these masks, like, uh, there's three layers. They're not paper masks. People think they're paper masks. It's called graphene. It's an engineered biomass, and they're from China. They're not. You don't know if they're antiseptic. You don't know what's on these masks, but they're still, like, forcing everyone. Like, these guys over here, they tell me I can't wear my bandana. They have to wear these masks. I'm like, my bandana's safer. But no, they, you know, they're uh, licensed medical experts now, and they're going to give me medical advice. Everybody is now, you know what I mean? And if you call them out on that, oh, no, we're not giving you medical advice. We're just saying you have to do this. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, peel these masks apart, and there's a middle layer of this, like, <laughs> stuff that just, like, falls apart into, like, really fine particles. I mean, people are breathing that in through the mask. I don't know what, if there's any studies on that. I'm sure there are. I actually, I'm pretty sure I've read some, but I can't recollect them right now. Um, but, I mean, like, these are all – this is real shit. I mean, like, Lucifer race in the in the vaccine? Uh, Lucifer's erasing? What, what, is, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. But what does it's a chimera shot. It's an animal shot. It's, it's interesting he says uh, about the bandana because that's what I was wearing. Yes. Bandana all the way. When I was uh, just doing the mask thing on the first round, uh, and I got tired of like fighting with people, and I wore a bandana, and there was kind of a group of us, and I noticed there was a lot of like railroad worker guys, construction guys, a lot of like laborers were doing the bandana thing, uh, and I've not seen a bandana in so long, and I have to imagine that 
all of the Vus Bandana Gang guys are now on the, uh, we're on the no, we're not doing it train. We're just yeah, like, just on no the, masks at all. We're just like, no. And that's why you don't see bandanas is because everybody who wore a bandana during that thing is like now just being like, nah, I'm not wearing shit. And I don't, I don't take it with me. I don't go to places that make me, I, um, I see signs everywhere that claim that you got to have one. Or people will like worry in the parking lot or go back to their car. I'm like, I'm not going back to my car to get a mask because there's no mask in my car. I'm going to go in here and get what I need and leave. And you're going to take my money and smile and thank me. And that's what happens. Right. Uh, one more from the high fly in Hawaiian. Yeah, so people are wondering where the flu went. Uh, this is the flu. They just enhanced it with the HIV and malaria genome. They added it in. You know, that's why, I mean, that's why it's, it's, it's more toxic to humans now because they they manipulated it, and not only that, but they, they sequenced their DNA, they cracked the code on our DNA, our genetic gen- genome, uh, through the uh, Department of Energy's Human Genome Project, uh, which is these PKU tests, they heal prick tests on babies, which they claim, oh yeah, we're just t- testing for genetic disorders, but if you try to fight the hospitals on this, because I did, I, I claim no, it's religious exemption, I, it's against my religion. They held my baby hostage for three days and sent CPS right out the womb. Oh. Right out the womb, I mean. Um, and they sent CPS to do a full investigation for three days and held my baby hostage straight out the womb in an incubator in that little room thing. Uncool. That's not, that's not right. No. You know what I mean? That's my, that's my property, really. I mean, so th- that's how serious these guys are. And that was, like, ah, that was like eight years ago that they did that. And I had to talk to, like, the head honcho nurse lady. And she told Bull like Nazi. I mean, that's where what these people are on uh, uh, that uh, run these hospitals and stuff. They're Nazis, and they're like asexual Nazi. I don't know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's just my opinion, I guess. But uh, that's what it seemed like. But uh, yeah. So they're really serious about this stuff. And but I, I suggest don't give them your data. Don't don't be going on Facebook or Instagram putting pictures of your kids up and stuff like that. No, don't do that because they're going to use it all against you. It's all big. It's all big. It's all big uh, scam. And, um, you know, they're using, <laughs> they're using our, like, social, our socialness against us, basically. Oh, yeah, we want to go on Facebook and put all our data on there. Don't do it. Don't give them any data. Don't take any tests for them. Don't give them your blood. It's like you share it between government agencies for up to 25 years under the Department of Energy's Human Genome Project. I mean, why is it under the Department of Energy? Because it leaves, your DNA is releasing scalar uh, uh, radio radio waves or something that's what some people think you know what i mean through the pineal or whatever that's it whatever it is i mean i don't know do whatever you want people but if we're getting me sick and people are fucking up my life over their stupidity really it's ignorance so do whatever you want you know yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man hey there's more from the high flying hawaiian and we've got uh three more for next week from him, hey, yeah, this is just a great place to get it all off your chest, man. Just let it out. That's what the voicemail line is for, you know? And you want to shoot off with some stuff? Uh, you can back it up or not back it up or whatever, you know? That's just the voicemail line. It's there. It's there. I would absolutely split uh, a blunt with the high-flying Hawaiian sometime, for sure. And, yeah, the, uh, a pro tip from the bowl, they can't... Uh, Steal your baby away in the hospital if you don't go to the hospital. That's right. That's just one way around it. One way. There's there's several ways, I think. But uh, 
for people who might have a harder time blending into the normie crowd, um, I think home birth is a great option. Great option for that. Uh, but yeah, we're talking specifically about uh, the first time you found money. And if you want to chime in, as always, the phone lines are open, red hot, 816-607-3663. You can give us a call like this caller did. I think the first time anybody finds money, well, I don't know, at least in at least in American culture, maybe other cultures as well, um, after they've uh, lost a tooth, you know, when they're when they're a small child and, and they put their, they're told to put their tooth under their um, you know, under their pillow and, uh, you know, and then they find money, right? Um, you know, that the amount of money that uh, uh-huh. you find, it, um, gets, uh, yeah, you, what has varied quite a bit. I used to, uh, my grandmother used to give me, uh, the nap fair used to visit and so I'd, I'd find money under my pillow. Um, which, so I guess that might be, you know, those are probably one of the first times I found money. The, the last time I found money, well, I think I, on the last episode or a previous episode, I talked about the fake hundred dollar bill I found, but, um, the last time I, I found money that I wasn't expecting to find was in my car. Uh, I was, I was, I don't know. I was cleaning it out. My daughter had been driving my car for the last several months, and uh, now she has her own car. But uh, yeah, I, I still found stuff of hers um, in my car. It was just, you know, again, just trying to pick up some of the stuff in there. It probably needs a vacuum it and all that other stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I also found a dollar bill. So you know, which nice. isn't a whole lot of money these days. But you know, it's kind of amazing. Uh, where you'll find money sometimes, right? Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I don't know. I think people have found it in the pages of a book. You can kind of use it. You can use it as a bookmarker. Um, you know, I mean, it might actually be, uh, you know, a dollar bill might actually be kind of uh, a cool, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think if you were to buy a bookmark, it would probably be, you know, I don't know about that same price. So you might as well use it. Might as well use a dollar bill that's actually worth something. Um, you know, but that's, you know, so there's, I, I guess there's all kinds of places you can find money. It's, but, uh, Unfortunately, the the best way to find money is to go out and get a job and uh, you know work for it. Because um, actually, that kind of reminds me of some, something my mom used to say. Um, she'd go out and win money, right? Which is the you know there's a but I mean it was you know that was kind of that was a joking way of putting it, right? Is that you know I guess if you have a job that you really like, it is almost like winning money. Um, but that's a so yeah that's yeah I guess that's the first time I found money. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Love you, mean it. Love you, phone boy. That <laughs> phone boy, like, yeah, go out and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> He's a workaholic. He can't help it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, phone boy. He's got opinions. Uh, He shares them quite often on Phone Boy Speaks, his own podcast, which has more episodes than No Agenda currently, by the way. It's true. Um, He was the topic of my latest uh, appearance on Misinformed Nation. Or as Gwyf wants to say, Misinformed Ination. Ination. I saw, I see people tooting every once in a while being like, where is it? I can't find it. I can't find this Misinformed Nation. And uh, it's because it's miss, like ms dot, and then informed, and then nation. So it's like a beauty pageant type name, misinformed nation. It's hard to uh, really nail the search queries when you uh, try clever tricks with your wordplay and your titles. So uh, we like to be back burner like that, cutting edge, you know, um, off of the mainstream, off of the beaten path, as it were. Uh, but yeah. Check it out sometime. 
the latest episode, I was joined by Gwiff and Booberry, and we had a really great time. Uh, it was a fun one. It's always fun with those guys, though. Uh, it's always fun with this next caller. Go ahead. Nah, thanks. I'll pass. Next person can have it. Oh, there you go. But uh, change. Uh, probably the first time I found money was, yeah, I mean, change. Change. Back, you know, kid. And uh, looking for, you know, you just find coins on the ground, and you're like, hey, cool. But then I remember my brother and I, we always, like, hit up all the, I wanted to have a row of these ancient things where uh, phones were connected to wires and you would put coins in them. I think they were called payphones. Yeah. I remember we would uh, go through all the payphones, you know, you hit the whole thing, check all the chains, and then you'd go down and check all the check all the um, uh, newspapers back when they uh, printed things on paper. That was yep. year two. Uh, man, nostalgia, man, dude. It's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, so – Probably just the first time I remember finding money. Can't remember like a specific time, and yeah, it's just little stuff. And just throw it to the side, throw it in some sort of jar or something like that. Piggy bank. Can't remember what it was. Super. Have it a piggy bank somewhere? Ah, oh, no, I actually do. Actually, I forgot about this. We'll have it. Have this like crown piggy bank. It says like Crayola or something on, or maybe it says crown. I don't know. It says something on the side. <laughs> uh, just kind of gone from place to place. I've moved and just get shoved in the corner. And I don't even know if there's money in it right now, but yeah. So there's that, but I don't know. Anyway, first time caller, Christopher Battles here from uh, NA Social. Yeah, Christopher Battles, Figure welcome I, to uh, the bowl. Was scrolling through the social and was like, "Hey, I'll call Bullock Bowl." There you go. Saw beautiful in the feet and all that. So, yeah. Alrighty, I just got done running, so I'm gonna go shower. Probably strip down and then shower, but you know, order of operations here. So, all right, love you guys in. No, I was going to say in the smoker. In the bowl. All right. In the smoky bowl. In the smoky bowl. Don't you want to see me naked? Yeah, have fun in your shower, Christopher Battles. Thanks for calling. Hell Welcome to yeah. the bowl. Welcome to the bowl. I knew it was you. I knew it was you from all your hog story voicemails. I wouldn't recognize that voice anywhere. And yeah, welcome to the... Welcome to the bowl. This is how we do it. Um... It's funny he mentioned uh, the payphone because this is the first time I ever found money. It was in one of them little payphone things. And when we were little kids, my dad used to always be like, always check the little payphones and, you know, <laughs> there might be change in there. You never know. You should always check. You might find pinball money in there or something, you know? Yeah. So we'd always check. And, oh, man, we'd find – it was, like, pretty often in the little coin slot, the coin return that we'd find coins – it was just like, it would almost always pay out, you know? Mm-hmm. And my dad would be like, yeah, check check the payphones. Well, it was only like years later, come to find out, my dad would stick quarters in the slots for us to find. What? And then like tell us to go find them. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But That's it was cute. it was still magic, man. You'd be like, wow, no way. 75 cents in here, you know? Like, you found three wow. quarters in here. Yeah. I know. It was always like... We were too young to know that it was, like, too good to be true, you know? Finding that many quarters, like, that consecutively or that consistently. Um, but, yeah. Now, that, that also reminds me of the coin slot scam. We used to be able to scam the cigarette uh, vending machines. And they had one at the bowling alley that my dad did the league at. So the old school cigarette vending machines... A lot of you will know what I'm talking about, where you, you put the coins in and then you pull the knob, 
out until your cigarette pack falls out in those vending machines. So there was a scam you could run where it wouldn't give you your change if you would pull one of those knobs halfway out and keep them pulled out. So we used to take like a, you'd want to like bend a piece of metal or like you can do it with a paper clip, uh, bend something around the, the shaft of the knob and you'd pull it halfway out and then you'd put that piece of metal out there. So it would like hold halfway out, but nobody would really notice it. Um, and you'd pick a brand that was like, that never sold, you know, you'd pick an off brand you'd pick like one in the corner over there that nobody really bought a lot of, uh, I don't know, like a Virginia Slims ultralights or something like, like nobody buys them. Nobody buys them because when people go and buy other brands and keep pulling the knobs, pulling the knobs, their change would fall and then just get stuck at a certain spot inside the machine and they'd smack the machine or they're like, Oh, the machine ate my change or whatever. Walk away with their cigarettes. When you could come back uh, at the end of the night or before you had to go or whatever, you come back, you'd pull the knob that you rigged, take your piece of metal out and push it all the way back in. And then all those quarters stacked up would fall out and you would just pick up everybody's change that they missed throughout the night. But the whole trick of it was if somebody picked your knob that you rigged, then they would get that payout. You know, they'd pull it and then they would get the jackpot. So you always had to pick one that you knew wouldn't probably be bought in the little time span that you were running the scam. So we used to, we used to score some pinball change that way. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Not as cool as this next caller is, though. I can assure you. I am totally late on leaving my message this week. Oh, uh, late messages are the best messages. Call anyways, me. Um, the first time I... You know what? The first time I found me, I probably can't remember... But I remember finding a wallet once in the parking lot of a bar I had been at when I was probably about, you know, probably like 24. Uh, the wallet had uh, about $975 in it. Whoa! Uh, had the guy's ID and everything what? else. So, That's uh, too much money for wallet carrying, bro. Yeah, the next morning I called him, looked him up, and then called him. And gave his wallet back to him, and he gave me a hundred bucks out of it, which I was fine with. Nice. So uh, he was more than gracious about me returning it to him because. Uh, but I kind of thought at the time, like, would I want to get boned? <laughs> Especially, you know, if it was loose and the guy like threw it out of his eyes, it wallet. It's like, ah, who's in it? It's fair fucking game, but um, yeah. Uh, since the wallet call. and everything else was with it, uh, I felt bad. Plus, like, when I was 24, that's a shit ton of fucking money. So It's well, a lot of money now. Uh, I felt even worse that, it, you know, if I would have uh, took that from somebody else, just how I would have felt. Yeah. Uh, guilty conscience, my Catholic upbringing. So. <laughs> In the bowl. In the bowl. In net, the bowl. Net. Yeah, that's always a rough one, but I I agree. You got to just give it back, man. You got to give it back because that guy who lost your, his wallet is you in another dimension of time and space. And fuck, it would suck if someone kept your wallet, you know? That's right. And that's why you always got to give the wallet back. And hey, 100 bucks, man, that's still a good, that's a great finder's fee, you know? That's Hell like, yeah. It's like over 10%, you know? So it's pretty good. Pretty good, man. 
hundred bucks off a thousand, man. A thousand. That'd be a tough one to give back for sure. Tough one to give back, man. But I agree. You got to. You got to. You got to do it. When's the first time you ever found money? Oh, I too first found money in a pay phone. And I learned... That was the hot spot for finding money in the 90s. Oh, yeah. It sure was. We used to go up to New Hampshire every summer, my great-grandparents and I. And my papa was the one who turned me on to check in the slot in the pay phones because he would walk by and just stick his finger in. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, look, a quarter. I was like, oh, all right. And then we would just race. Anytime there was a payphone, we'd just look at each other and then we'd just race to the payphone to see who'd get there first. And, <laughs> you know, whoever gets the change gets to keep it. Of course, he got to check the payphones a lot more because he would leave the hotel room on his smoke breaks. And I was like five, so I couldn't smoke cigarettes and go outside all the time. So sometimes I'd just like sneak out behind him and then run ahead of him and check the payphones <laughs> and then uh, stack up my quarters for the ice cream truck when nice. it drove by. I had a little turtle that had like a hole in its shell and you could put coins in there it's just like a big i think it's a like a soap holder you know but i just use it to put my coins in when i was a little kid yeah a little coin dish and uh my nana my great grandma she's still alive and she was just saying on the phone with me the other day oh you still got your ice cream truck money in the turtle i never touched it so i was <laughs> oh, like oh my gosh that's darling that was all my payphone money or you know i would check the little candy machines too and see if there was candy in there that someone didn't grab it's a little bit grosser but <laughs> like they got a handful of m&ms there's a one stuck to the back and i'm just like hmm yeah i'll check this out i watch my kid do that and it grosses me out <laughs> our quarters we'd always spend i mean mainly on pinball but there was two things at the bowling alley uh, in particular one was the candy crane game where you'd scoop up candy and it's like play till you win, you know? So you put a quarter in there and you're going to get something. So if you get like a lame bubble gum or a Tootsie Roll, you'd like shake the machine and drop that shit so that you could get oh, another. play again. Yeah, get another go at it. That's a good idea. Uh, I always wanted the dots because back then I was into dots. Now I couldn't do dots, man. They're just too hard and dots are like too sticky also. So they like pull my feelings out. <laughs> It's hard and sticky. Not cool. Bad combination. Not cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of candies as a kid that were good. That as an adult, <laughs> I'm like fuck no. Yeah, like, and then uh, you're like, is it the recipe or is it me? I think you know you just change and your palate me. adapts. Like Peeps, man. I used to be so into Peeps. Mm-hmm. I used to love getting Peeps at Easter. I used to love my family used to buy me the Queen Anne cherry cordials, the chocolate covered cherries. All the time too. Oh yeah, I used to love those. I like the. I would love Christmas because I'd get like two boxes of Queen Anne cherries. I cannot do those anymore, Mm-mm. man. Too rich. They're just way too rich and sugary, and they just instant heartburn for me now. Oh, that's too and bad. I keep trying to tell my family that, but they still buy them for me every, every Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, every Christmas I like, I like pick up the box that's like the exact size and shape and weight of Queen Anne cherries, and I'm always like. Oh, I wonder what this could be. <laughs> Heartburn in a box. Well, now you got kids to pass them off it's like to. A so big ass box to put ten cherries in, though. Yeah, crazy. Very crazy. I'm so lame. I used to like those uh, sugar dots on paper. Oh, good God! Stop the press. <laughs> See, Mike said uh, on chocolate covered cherries. Oh, no. We got those every year until we found worms in them one year and then we never got them again. Oh. 
Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Worms would be canceling my Ooh. future purchases too. Gross. Maybe I should just put some worms in there and then be like, never buy these again. <laughs> they won't buy them finally. I'll get the message across. Uh, well, this next caller really knows how to get the message across. <coughs> oh, yeah. Man, y'all got some good shit in here. Yeah, good shit, baby. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I ever got $100. It's good shit. I remember it. I was nine years old. And uh, I don't know why I'm speaking like it's a fucking mystery. I was nine years old. It was a dark and stormy night. And then from the sky fell <laughs> absolutely nothing. No, I was nine years old. And I was spending the summer with my aunt and uncle in South Texas. And I worked my ass off for that $100. I went with my Aunt Billy every morning uh, on her rides to the, the grocery store and to do other errands. And uh, I uh, would stop and I'd pick up aluminum cans along the way, put them in a bag in the in the back of her car. And uh, did that, I don't know, man, most of the summer, most of the summer. And then I finally cashed in all those cans, and it was a fucking whopping $100. And uh, it was a little bit over the hundred dollars, but and Billy kept the change, uh, which I was fine with. And uh, I got it, and fucking twenty dollar bills. I'd never seen that much money. But shit, I bought a fucking Star Trek uh, phaser pistol, fucking some RC cars. Nice. You can get a lot of hundred, a lot for a hundred dollars back in the early nineties. I like Not anymore. Oh, I love you guys. Not anymore. I love you too. Hi, little John. How you doing, little dude? Adios. Adios. Sorry, I stepped on your, I stepped on your uh, voicemail there a bit. I was trying to get the Dvorak in there, and then he was all quiet. All cash, baby. There now. Now he's, he's very loud. Now he's too hot. I was overcompensating, I guess. All cash, baby. Hundred bucks, man. I loved RC cars too. That was I always looking at the RC stuff, RC cars, RC helicopters, airplanes, whatever. Love the remote control stuff. That's a lot of cans. No doubt, man. <laughs> I remember... Captain Cans over here. Collecting cans. And I think my biggest uh, little recycle run was like 20 bucks. And I was like, woo! But man, five cents a can. That was so cool. Uh, in mass, we used to like grab the cans after a party when I would travel out there. And then take them to Redemption. And I always thought it was so cool, the ones that, with, that take the bottles and they like smash the bottle as it goes in. Oh, yeah. Smash and it's tinkling glass and stuff. I love that. Those are loud little hallways with those machines in them. I know. <laughs> it's like, they crush the cans and they smash the glass. and Pretty awesome. I was so used to saving my cans. I come out here, I'm like, what do I do with them? Like, yeah. put them in the... You gotta stomp them down, put them in the trash. Yeah, just throw them in the trash. We don't even recycle flug them. I mean, we do. We do, that's a joke, but... We don't uh, get paid for it. No, 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 <laughs> you just... uh it's just a free service like trash, but you just you put it in the recycle box instead. Really, here where we live, it's a, a way to fit more bullshit because there's a two-bag limit. That's right. So if you separate your recyclables out, then you have no limit on recyclables. And then your two-bag limit on general garbage. But that's another story for another time. This collar is right here and right now. You finding that money? Or is that money finding you? 
There's one memorable time, it's definitely not the first, but I was in college and we were getting ready to head into a Walmart with my ex-girlfriend at the time and I stepped out of the car and there was, let's just say it was $100 because it was a couple of 20s wrapped up. I don't remember the specific number and it was then that I felt the cold touch of Satan's hands on my shoulder saying, you can take it, young Booberry. My name wasn't Booberry at the time, but you can take it, young Booberry. <laughs> and there was this GameCube that flashed through my mind and Metroid Prime. Oh, my God, yes. Holy shit. But then we realized I could never take the money. Oh. So we went inside to the Walmart and went up to customer service, and we were like, hey, we found a big chunk of change outside. Oh can you goodness. make an announcement? Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> we'll just have them tell us how much the actual amounts was when they came up front and it was a good thing and i don't think it was a hundred dollars it might have been more than that Whoa. um but the person came up it was a mother of two or three children Aww. so this was probably a super good thing that we didn't take the money and run yeah but uh she was able to guess it on the dot on the dime <laughs> on the dime <laughs> in the ball she guessed it huh she guessed it right. <laughs> I was going to say, man, there would be like a immediate queue for him in any Walmart I've been to. Yes. It was uh, 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Booberry fears God, but not the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer Todd. Farmer Todd. <sighs> oh, man. If you're not in the bowl, you're missing out. The bowl is good for your soul. It is. It is. Speaking of Farmer Todd, I wonder if he left us a voicemail tonight. BowlAfterBowl.com <gasps> Hey! Good evening, bowlers. Good evening. I don't have a really good story about finding money, ever. Except that time I was riding a unicorn over the great divide of the rainbow. Yeah. And Love that place. Kicked a leprechaun in the head. Oh, that's violent. Took his pot of gold. That was my first ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... Never found anything cool money-wise. kick a leprechaun's head at least once just in their life. Always, my parents were always just kicking my ass and working me hoe in the tobacco fields. I mean, the sweet corn fields. <laughs> and uh, I think that was my like my first gig was like pumpkins and sweet corn. And, you know, charge of tourists and the little old ladies that thought my Blonde hair and blue eyes was cute. Oh, yes. Master so, uh, Race. Yeah, that was my first found money. was <laughs> pimping myself out, selling pumpkins and sweet corn. Call it kin and corn duty. Also, I got my hands on some really nasty stuff last weekend. Mm-hmm. And Do I too. was stoned until basically like four hours ago. Saturday night, <laughs> eating a cookie. Wow. Nice. If anyone has any comments on that, let me know. It was a small cookie, I thought. Maybe I kept eating them. I don't really remember. <laughs> anyway, keep it clean, people. Yeah. In the bowl. I got some comments on that. In the bowl. Put that cookie in an envelope, baby. <laughs> Those things are dangerous. You should uh, you should mail them somewhere where they're safe. Somewhere in Kansas City. Woo! <laughs> I love a little bit of cookies. That's a good one. Good time. Good time on the cookies. Ken and Corn Duty can pay you. 
in real dollars and cents, folks. You heard it from Farmer Todd himself. And that's that his word is as good as gold. Tell you what. Wow, well that's good uh good uh weigh-ins there for the uh first time I ever topics. And uh Phone Boy kinda triggered me to write something down for another first time I ever, but I can't find a fucking pin anywhere here. I must have set them by my keys. Mm. And uh, it'll probably get lost from the memory banks. I do have the actual list, though. We didn't lose that oh. this time. And we had uh, a lot of first time chirping last time in the bowl. Last time, first time. Uh, first time I got drunk on a boat <laughs> was suggested. First time I got blacked out. Oh, yeah. First time I ever blacked out and remembered nothing about the first time I ever blacked out. That was a clever submission. Uh, or first time I ever found a dead animal. And then Phone Boy triggered me to write down, first time I ever lost a tooth would be a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. C-Dub says, first time I ever got in a fight. That's pretty cool. I'm um, typing these out. But what should we do uh, What should we do next week? It, the drunk on a boat one is so hilarious, but I feel like that's not a such a universal one, you know? Because now I'm trying to remember the first time I ever got drunk on a boat. I have drank on boats a lot, like a lot of times, but I don't really ever, I think, I don't think I ever really got fucking hammered on a boat mm. or like really drunk, you know? I mean, there's that, there's that drunk where you get there where maybe you're just drinking like the, uh, standard domestics and you're hot. It's like hot as fuck out and you're day drinking and you're like on your sixth and you're like, you kind of like look up into the left and you're like, mm, yeah, I'm drunk. But it's not like a drunk that's going to mess you up in any way, you know? You're just kind of like, yeah, I guess I'm drunk now. Lake beers. Lake beers, exactly. The ones that don't really, meh, you know? I don't know. But you have drank on a boat. I've definitely blacked out. On a boat? Not on a boat. Oh, okay. That was was the next one. First time I ever blacked out and remember nothing about the first time I ever blacked out. I'm pretty sure that was Servo. (laughs) Sir Spencer has never been to Michigan. Says Ned Ned. Is that all you do in Michigan is get hammered on boats? I could see that. I could actually see that being a possibility of a real thing. And I can't remember what triggered the whole dead animal finding thing. I know we were talking about something like mm, that. I don't remember, but I do remember first time I ever met an asshole celebrity. Was oh, one too. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even write that one down. And see, I don't have a pen right now, which is just throwing my whole game off. Like, oh, not, well. None of this will ever come to fruition. I just bought new pens. What are we doing? And I what left we, them in the kitchen. What are we going to do next week? What's it going to be? We talked about the, the boat so on. much. I think we should just go with the first right. time I ever got drunk on a boat. Fine. Or you could just say first time I ever drank on a boat. First time I ever drank on a boat. Okay. I like it. I think I'm going to go with it. Go with it. Official. It's official. Boom. Jobby Nooner is the second largest boat party in the Midwest after the raft off at nearby Muscamute Bay. And one of the largest boat parties in America takes place all around Gull Island in Lake St. Clair, Michigan. Wow, NetNet is opening my mind. Party Cove, man. We have Party Cove at the Lake of the Ozarks. And... uh, uh, C-Dubs asks if a float counts. A float definitely counts. Oh, yeah. Definitely counts. I might even put it in parentheses. A float counts after. <laughs> first time I have, first time I ever got drunk on a boat, parentheses, a float counts in parentheses. I'm writing it down. Um, it's official. And, and 
by the way, just just to for future first time I ever canon, uh, if you're ever asked the question, does it count? The answer is always yes. Because like by any stretch, even if the first time prompt, like some of my favorite voicemails have been from callers who are like, the first time I ever like today, first time I ever found money, and a caller would be like, oh yeah, well. I've never actually found money, but the first time I ever did something quite similar, and then they tell a story like that, you know. Those those tend to be really great stories, too. We like all the stories. Yeah. From all the bowlers. We're just uh, poking you. That's right. It's just a, it's just, stories. It's just a prod. <laughs> it's just a prod, you know. A prompt. A prompt. If you will. i got a prompt for you. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, yeah, let's go bowling. I'm gonna go bowling. So this guy bought a building in Geneva, New York for his law firm in late 2020. He paid $100,000 for it. Neat. Pretty good steal, I would say. Yeah. Um, a cool hundred grand. But turns out in the attic was the century-old studio space of photographer James Ellery Hale. Wow. Very cool. It was uh, all hidden. Basically, no one had been up in that attic for a hundred years, and this dude was doing a deep clean on the building and found it, and there just happened to be over a thousand antiques, including a portrait of Susan B. Anthony. There's another one for you. So now, this dude's going to auction them off online on September 18th, and they're guesstimating he's going to make double what he paid for the building. Wow. About $200,000 off these thousand antiques. Not bad. And photos and such. So, yeah. I bet he could sell the building for a hell of a lot more, too. In this market? Yes. <laughs> yes. I believe he could. Especially with that added story. Oh, this was a studio for a photographer 100 years ago, you know? Yeah. I like money, though. Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you like money, too. We should hang out. We should hang out. <laughs> Maybe we can get a latte. Anyway, this uh, 33-year-old man in England, apparently he spends $275 every month on dirty socks and wasn't afraid to share that information for a feature story. Wow. I saw this story everywhere this week. So I was like, fine, he's 33. I'll put it on the lanes. (laughs) He uh, is a self-identifying foot fetish enthusiast. But he really admires filthy feet. And, uh, yeah, I guess that he doesn't just like to smell the socks and look at them. No, he likes to put them in his mouth. These people are sick. Sick. It's not my fetish, that's for sure. No but doubt. I'm not afraid of feet. Some feet, I think, are pretty. Some feet are wonky. Yeah, you know. if, if it's I like, like looking a, at feet, though. I mean, they're all a, different. <laughs> if it's a good, smooth, clean foot that's been well taken care of, then, you know. No, this guy likes filthy fucking feet, dude. We're not throwing <laughs> it out. But, like, if if you like feet because of the stinky feet and the grosser feet, you got some problems, man. He wants those dirty toes in his mouth. Listen, you motherfuckers. No. The dude likes toe jam. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. It should end. Moving on, moving on. An Irish man claimed his dead parents' pensions for 33 years before getting caught. Wow. He's in his 50s. It says uh, it totaled hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is pretty good. I wonder if he worked. It can't be that hard, right? <laughs> 
We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm editing that the fuck out, man. <laughs> Adam, it I hate to joke. end this, but it's three ten. Oh shit. We've literally um, done this for three hours. It was a joke. I, I know. Swear. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm Plus, totally my, kidding. my parents are not even in the picture, so. I'm totally kidding. I know. Okay. Don't edit me out. I'm not. I never, are you kidding me? <laughs> me edit this show? That's true. You got all your sneezes there have, in the beginning. I have other things to do with my time. Oh, God. Yeah. If I would cut something out just for the, just for the bowl so sake. Like a, it just was kidding. like, it wasn't even like the cute little anime girl carolyn sneezes oh, no. either it was like the gross dad underwater sneezes <laughs> you're like hey guys my allergies are like <laughs> really bothering me oh. so i'm sorry but <laughs> it was pretty painful man i know but allergies are painful it made me want to curl up in a little ball and die honestly you're about as deaf as i am with your allergies and your right ear clog there i know i get the i get the ear itches and then they kind of and you're too proud to say what they're water or excuse i know i was such a fucking asshole this week <laughs> to my dad he's like he says the thing and then granted when i say what he says it exactly the same uh volume oh, and still no facing away from me you know as if like well, the first time it was hard to hear, then the second time. So the second time, I don't want to say what a third time, but I just like, I'm trying to decipher what he said. I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, I take a pause because maybe if I just think about it, I can come up with what he said. And I'm just playing the noise he made in my head over and over. And I'm like, and I finally was like, I can't tell what you're mumbling to yourself over there. <laughs> and then he turned around and said it to me. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thanks being deaf. That's one of my, like, there's a few things where you can just get under my skin quickly. I guess you call them pet peeves, right? Um, I don't really like pet peeves. Like, they're not my pets. I don't keep them, you know. And what's a peeve? Peeve. I don't know. If it peeves you, it makes you angry. <laughs> Ticks you off. Peeving around. But that's one of them. Having to repeat myself. I hate doing that. And I make you do it all the time. You do. Not on the bowl, though. No. You crank the volume on my headphones, yeah, so I, can, I hear I can you hear pretty everything. well. I just kind of point to the microphone, like, talk into it. Oh, yeah. Have, I've been good tonight. You've been, been pretty good. good. Pretty good as of late, I'd say. I'm getting better. Yeah. Got my pop guard out of the way, so that helps. Uh, and you know who else is helpful? A 14-year-old in New Jersey who spent his whole summer making a prosthetic hand for his friend using his 3D printer. Very cool. Good Very friend. cool. Good friend. Very cool. And, uh, you know, it's not so cool, though, unfortunately, is this next story. Where this guy in Canton, Massachusetts, reeled in a northern snakehead, which is an invasive Asian species of fish. Hmm. Can I take a guess? Its head looks like a snake, kind of. <laughs> this one, I would say, uh, I'm sure you can find a picture of it, the uh, pattern looks like a boa constrictor its pattern is snake-like oh not i mean it's long it's eel-like uh it's yeah got a, he's got his his head looks like eely and snaky not like a fish but he's got like the brown and black pattern going on uh -huh. at least in the pictures i saw yeah he looks kind of like a ball python a ball python yeah there you go what did i say boa constrictor yeah am, am i way off they're close they're very they're just close. bigger ball pythons 
Yeah, we'll go with that. I'm just kidding. I know that's not true, but anyway. Yeah, so he found this damn snakehead. They're very invasive. Uh, they're guessing that it is. it was a, an illegal aquarium dump. Oh, no. Uh, you know, someone was just like, oh, I don't want this pet anymore. Or it could have been introduced through the fish markets. We'll never know. Fish market? <laughs> but it was five pounds, 30 inches long, and it had some nasty-looking teeth on it. Ooh. Uh, only four other... <laughs> Four other northern snakeheads have been caught in Massachusetts, and that's since 2002. So I think they've been doing a good job keeping them down and not yeah. letting them invade truly. Um, but the environmental police asked him to keep it alive, which is yeah, not what they suggest to the general public. They say if you find one, if you catch one, you should immediately kill it. But anyway, he had a hell of a time figuring out where he was going to keep it safely because he didn't have an aquarium big enough. Mm -hmm. He ended up putting it off his friend's dock, but they had to make sure it was, you know, trapped very, very well. Sure. They're good escape artists, I guess. And uh, he kept that sucker out of water for two hours, and it was still alive when he put it back in the water. Damn. He said he put it in, and it just took a big gulp. So one big bubble came out, like, ah, and started breathing through its gills again. Fuck that is what I have to say. I don't want to meet that fish. But I wouldn't mind meeting the people at Oklahoma State's Veterinary College because they have fixed their second puppy who had upward-facing paws. What? They turned them facing down. Now, I'm not sure about the first puppy that they uh, did this corrective surgery for, but this little guy, uh, apparently, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl dog, but their elbows came out of, their, came out of joint early on in their life, mm -hmm. and rotated. And Oof. that's why its paws were facing upward. Unbelievable. So the dog was only 13 months old, so it was a year old. Didn't know how to walk at all. It crawled its whole life. Oh. And so after they did the surgery, they had to wait for it to recover, but then they also had to put it through physical therapy to teach it how to walk. Wow. But there's videos you can see on their website of the transformation, and it's pretty awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. And now I, uh, I should have put this story before, but like, let's say God don't make no mistakes, but then put the dog's paws on upside down. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The elbows right, got yeah, messed up. They got dislocated, and then it was a teeny tiny dog. Oh man, that's goofy. Right? Yeah. Like Corcass said, though, it, it ended nicely. Yes. Yes. Happy ending. Happy ending. It was a good roll for sure. Yeah, I know. I had to pause and re-eye my arrow for that one. Here in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, a two-headed female black rat snake celebrated her sweet 16th. Oh, my goodness. This is the past Saturday. she get two cakes? I don't know. I don't think they would feed the... 32 snake candles? a cake, maybe two mice. How does that work? If you have, are you just one snake with two heads? No, no, no. This is, they called it a conjoined twins. Okay, yeah. Two brains. See, that's what I figured. Four eyes, two, two tongues. Two souls? Ooh, that's a good question. Two souls? I would say yes. Two souls, one two body. Two souls? Two souls two that brains. are kind of stuck together? Intertwined? Yes. Undeniably soulmates, I've... right? Like, you can't just be faking it. You can't just be like, you're my soulmate. And then like... It turns Ooh. out, no. <laughs> they really are soulmates, yeah. 
It's like, wow, together forever, baby. Their souls dance around together in the same vessel. <laughs> Till death or incredibly expensive surgery do us part. Mm. And the snake doesn't have money for that. No doubt. But man, 16 years old? That seems like an old <laughs> snake. snake. Wait, the snake doesn't have money for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm here all night. I'll be in the bowl all night. <laughs> in fact, I'm here all day and all night. Well, not that we're going OTG on your dad's new farm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, 16 years old for a snake. That seems pretty freaking old for a snake but i don't know i don't know i guess i don't know much about snakes mm, i'm ignorant i had somebody else's snake for a little while but that's another story for another time yeah it was a good three years yeah snake has a gofundme says the (laughs) bull says c doves (laughs) that's a good one go fund my snake man anybody ever listen to them early adam sandler albums oh Oh, man a long time ago at scout camp we used to listen to those and just piss ourselves laughing such such ridiculous stuff like toll booth willie <laughs> <laughs> now they're calling me sir <laughs> sir snake sitter <laughs> <laughs> Fletcher called me sir snake sitter in the bowl i was i it's was true i was a snake sitter that it turned permanent then it turned you're, now you're obliged to tell the then story it turned tragic am i really all right so this chick it's a great story i was there for the end um <laughs> this chick i was seeing kind of casually had the snake right and uh she was moving apartments and she couldn't have it in a new apartment so she asked could i keep it in my apartment that also didn't allow pets and i said oh yeah sure because that's the kind of guy i am because you, you lived in the slums i'm thoughtful and no one really gives a fuck <laughs> in my building anyway so uh i got the snake in there and i'm like yeah it's cool whatever it's a cool snake i love the snake it's great to just wear a snake around your neck for a while like great at parties this was a real laid-back ball python, so she would just, like, chill and, like, flick her tongue, and that's it. She wouldn't run. She wouldn't do nothing. She'd just hang on there like a like a f- feather boa, only like a real boa, only like a ball python, okay, around your neck. Fantastic snake, the greatest of all snakes. I'd feed it a mouse every couple days from uh, the old Pet Smart, and I'd be, that'd be it. It was, like, very easy to take care of. Well, then we went to another apartment. And I couldn't take the snake with me there. I was having the same issue where it's like, this apartment doesn't allow pets. And I'm like, can you come get your snake or find somebody else to take a snake? I need the snake away. Like, if you need your snake, if you want your snake, you got to get the snake. And she was like stalling and whatever and like not really talking much. And then uh, one night we fucking left. I think we left for a few days, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we come back. Yeah, that's right. And the snake had figured out how to push the top open. So she pushed the top open, and then she went out under the door crack, which was significant. Like, there was a crack under the apartment door that was easily wide enough for her. And uh, we're like, shit, like, she's escaped. And then I went to work, and then you heard him screaming next door. Yeah, neighbor was screaming, came running into the hallway, other neighbors went out. What's going on? There's a snake in my apartment. They mm. called fucking nine one one. They called nine one one for a snake. I mean, I, I don't know what you do if you're completely clueless. A ball python. And you're nineteen, and there's a snake in your apartment. I guess you guy. I guess it's an emergency. It's ignorant. It's a, it is fucking ignorant. But what do it they was two do? Two girls, you know. Then 
they say you don't need no man, but when the fucking snake shows up, then you need a man, don't you? Yeah, you fucking do, and you called one. And uh, what did the cops do? The cops grabbed it, and they threw it out the window. Yeah, I'm giving you a play-by-play as this is all happening. Well, yeah, you were there, because I was gone, so you were just texting me shit. Yeah, but I also had a dog, so, like... I wasn't about to jump in the fight for the they snake. They threw bit. it out the fucking window under the roof, like, oh, not a problem anymore, boys. Yeah. Dusted their hands like, off and left. Okay, cool. I'll go get the snake. So we we're gonna like roll around back and try to grab the snake. Well, I guess the neighbors got to it first. Yeah, went out there with a fucking shovel, killed the snake. They killed it. It was, it was fucked a good up. snake, man. It was a good snake. There are people who are just like, it's something deeply, powerfully magical. This fear of snakes thing. Um, the girl across apartments from me in the old place where I could keep the snake, uh, she was like incredibly afraid of snakes. Um, she was this like small, timid Indian girl. And when we pulled the fucking snake out, she would just like stay in the apartment. She'd be like, I don't want to be out when the snake is out. And then once like I walked out to go to the balcony with the snake around my neck as she was coming up the stairs and she fucking just screamed at the top of her lungs and just ran Whoa. out the apartment, ran down the block, like just kept running. Like she lost her mind, bro. Like I just Dang. saw, I, you could see it in her eyes. She just like snapped. Like she lost her mind. It's just like, buddy, it's just a snake. I mean, if, if you just take a deep breath and calm down long enough, there's some snakes that are crazy and will strike you and stuff, but like a domesticated ball python is the chillest creature i've ever encountered they make sloths look like high strung it's crazy ball pythons they're the greatest kind of makes me want one again oh we don't live in an apartment anymore i'm just saying i know it's it's a dumb idea i want want chickens and other useful animals like yeah ball python isn't isn't really gonna help me well if it you ever did, it did back then, you know, because it made me look like uh, more badass than I actually was. And, uh, the the right kind of chicks actually dug it. The right kind of chicks are into the snake thing. Um, and the snake actually keeps the crazies away. Because it's like, it was funny. It, there was like a correlation there. All of the chicks that like couldn't handle the snake, they were like, no, I can't even do the snake, ended up like also just being... Not so misaligned, not not so necessarily. Misaligned. Just not, oh, just, that's a just good misaligned, word. just a bad match, you know. And the snake obviously came from the chick I happened to be seeing at one point, so that was aligned, you know, it was more aligned than misaligned. I respect snakes, I will not step on snake, but I do not like snakes. I, I don't go out of my do. way to hold a snake or. Yeah, we always used to, like, if anybody found him at camp or whatever, it would always be like, come over here, let's get this snake and get him in a pillowcase, you know? Unless it was a copperhead, but still there would be, like, (laughs) you know, if it was a, like, I found a worm snake most years down there, and worm snakes are, like, just what you think. They look like an earthworm, but they're a snake, and they're so small, like, they're fully grown, their mouth doesn't even open big enough to put your finger in it they're little tiny cute dudes and if you walk up to them it's weird because they're a black snake on top but are kind of grayish actually they look like camouflage nondescript snake 
But then on the bottom, on the belly, that's what looks like an earthworm. It's like pink and it has that ring like an earthworm has on it hmm. near the head. And so if they're like getting attacked, and this doesn't make any fucking sense at all to me actually, but they roll over on their belly and they look like a worm as a defense. But when you're thinking about it, wouldn't a bird... A bird would be more interested in a worm. Enjoy an earthworm even more? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Juice understand it. it. I don't understand it, but that's how a worm snake is. If you walk up to it, it rolls over and exposes its belly, and it's like, oh, I'm a worm, actually. I don't know. Maybe it's just confusing. The bird's like, oh, this is this magical snake turned into a worm. Maybe it's really well, a wizard. I shouldn't eat it. <laughs> it could lure in its prey that way. Or what does it eat? Nothing. Being that tiny. Uh, nothing that eats a little worm. Insects? I can't eat anything that eats a worm. Yeah, little insects. Yeah, so you pretend you're a worm and the little insects are like, oh, hey, buddy, I'm an insect too. <laughs> insects are like, oh, it's cool. It's just a worm. Exactly. And then wham. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if insects. I, I don't know if insects even think that far, though. I don't know about insects, man. <sighs> Those grasshoppers. They're just programmed, kind of. Or whatever they are. They keep flying into me at your dad's place. I know. There's grasshoppers all just over the place. Go right, just fly right into me. I'm like, hey, bud. <laughs> I'm walking here. Yeah. And uh, you wouldn't want to walk in the middle of the Montana Sheep Drive, though. That just happened for its 33rd straight year. Wow, lots of 33s An honorable mention. I couldn't put in the top three 33. It wasn't the top three, but... Yeah, honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, I guess it started off in 89 just making fun of cattle drives. Hmm. But over 12,000 people show up year after year. It's a community favorite. And uh, if you've ever been, if you live in Montana and you've been there, I want to hear about it. I saw some footage from it, and I was happy to see no one was wearing a mask, at least in the pictures and videos I saw out here in the Show Me State. See, I thought the sheep drive was where you, like, take a sheep into the donation box. And oh, everybody, yeah. Everybody brings, like, two sheep for the kids for Christmas or whatever. The needy. Yeah. The needy farms. You need sheep? We got sheep. Disabled veterans of the whale wars. Oh, yeah. Sensitivity support sheep. Yeah. You know, you can bring them on planes and stuff. You never know. Could, it, could, it could be that in disguise. Could be a thing. I man. guess I don't know what happens after the sheep run down Main Street, so they might give them away to those that need a sheep. They just run them down the main drag, and then they're like, all right, sheep, you're on your own. <laughs> sheep for the sheeple. Go wherever you want. <laughs> Peruse our fine shopping centers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sheep watching. Get sheep. a cold pint at the local tavern. Uh, <laughs> well, I brought a clip. Oh, I love clips. I brought a clip. You These gonna, are you gonna play your own clip? I can play it on my uh, on my side here. I love that. There were some recordings released from 1987 of an Australian duck keeper who found that the duck was mimicking his speech. What? Yeah, apparently. Ducks can, if they so choose, start talking like us. So I have the clip here, and I want you to guess what the duck is saying. Okay. <laughs> is, there any... is there a way to make it louder? That's as loud as it goes. Sorry. Let me try on my end. This party's so cool. 
Hey, you want me to play again? Yeah, yeah. Let me okay. let me go f juiced from the beginning. Okay. Uh, we have uh, a guess in the bowl that is get away fool. Um, I kind of, I at the end I heard like this pot is so good. This pot is so good. <laughs> this pot is so good. That's what the bowl duck would say. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I don't know. Fly at the moon <laughs> is another guess. C Dub's guess. Fly at the moon. I like that. I like that. I heard. Here's your food. Oh, here's your food. Okay. But I, too, was not what this keeper suggests. He says that the duck was saying, you bloody fool. You bloody fool. You bloody fool. I'll play it again. You bloody fool. I kind of hear it there. Now that it's been, you know, suggested to me. Yeah, you don't, but, you, you don't need to yell when I'm juicing it, silly Billy. Was I yelling? Uh, oh, sorry. Sounded like it. Yeah, anyway, Duck's name I, was uh, I heard Ripper. Him, I heard him at the end switch to, this pot is good. This pot is good. This pot is good. This pot is good. That's why I'm yelling. <laughs> it's so loud. I gotta yell to hear myself. <laughs> Reminds me of that Cat Williams joke about the pot called death. <laughs> what, death? It kills you? No, death! Like you can't eat shit when you smoke it. <laughs> it's just like a, uh, you're driving down the highway, you turn down the radio so you can see better. I've always done that. Fucking retard me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you bloody fool you bloody is fool. the suggestion of what Ripper the Australian musk duck was saying. Okay, well. He could also mimic the sounds of the aviary doors opening and closing, which seems very bird-like to me, mimicking sounds. Is this what uh, the aviary uh, doors sound like when they open? <laughs> it just seems like every time I go into an aviary, like that's this that's the setup. Actually, you're it's, right. It's like uh, it's like those plastic chains, and then sometimes yeah. they got like little ropey things hanging. Yeah, and you got to make sure that door shut behind you. Yeah, but there's People always always an eager open kid. both doors at the same time, and you're like, dude, there's a protocol. You're gonna let the exotic birds out. It's like I'm opening this door right, and then I go through it, and then you wait till I shut this door, and then we can open that door. It's not fucking rocket surgery. No, but three-year-olds don't understand too much, so it's off, very often kids. Yeah, well. Still, not I've going with the birds. I've seen plenty of grown-ass adults still doing it. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not like a big rule just stickler saying. or anything, but when you go in the birds, you just want to door to time. <laughs> You're the reason that the birds get out. And die. Dude's got to catch snake-headed fish and all that crap, man. Yeah. <sighs> How does this sound? Uh, 16 and a half acres, 4,692 square feet, five beds, 
four baths, a gym, a guest house, a motorized rotating tower, and a uh, chimney for the family room fireplace that looks like a tail. I'm very so into it. The house looks like a dragon. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the dragon house, too. For a measly 400... No, I'm wrong. $540,000. What? That's actually not bad. In Minnesota. Got a, I was expecting a lot higher, to be honest with you. Oh, me too, when I clicked on it. I'm sure it's already pending. Dragon at House. At this point in time, but yeah, pretty badass, man. The Dragon House with 16 acres. Yeah, pretty freaking that's, cool. That sounds like paradise, man. I want to see this motorized tower in For action. For half a mil, motorized tower, bro. Like fire breathing motorized towel tower. <laughs> don't motorize my <laughs> towel, please. But don't forget God the towel. <sighs> that one's for me. I like the guest house concept. It's like, okay, we're moving kind of far away from all of our family. Right. But we have a guest house, so come see us. Stay with us. We don't mind how long you stay. You got your own house. Yeah. In my dream place that has, like, the super slick bunker and the escape tunnels and the uh, airstrip, then, yeah, there will be several guest houses. Oh, N4VX in the chat says, does it shoot fire? For half a mil, it better. That's what I'm saying, man. That's, That's what I'm saying. It some should... people call it the birdhouse. No, it doesn't shoot fire, but we could make it. it you know, shoot, it should shoot like a napalm squirt. It was originally built in '78, and then they uh, started making it even more dragony in uh, the '80s. So I'll just keep adding on to it. <laughs> like, oh, this house kind of looks like a dragon. We should put dragon name shit on it. Yeah, I want a moat around it too. A moat would be cool. Gotta have the fire breathing and a moat. Yeah, it needs a little fine tuning, you know. But for a cool fifty five sixty, right? Five forty, five forty, twenty thousand off. <laughs> no, no, I'm just looking for a bowling alley to live in. Really, just kidding. Got him. God damn. We need land. Land is power. No doubt. And way to get get that fly, man. Thank you. It was it kept landing on my damn head, and then I snatched it out of the air, ninja style. Try to snatch it. You did. I did snatch it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow, what a bowl it's been. What a bowl. That's all I got for that's the, the last roll. tonight. Hey, that's the last roll. That awesome. was the last roll. Well, then. That was uh, a good one. High note. means we can roll on out of here. Yeah, there was a lot of strikes this round. I like that. Me too. Last week, we kind of had a bummer of, we, a, we, bummer of a roll. It's been so. some bummer games, dude, but... Well, thanks for going out there and uh, finding all those roles for us. Oh, yeah, no problem. We'll get a perfect game someday. Someday, someday. Well, hey, any day in the bowl is a perfect day. That's true. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, everybody, on the Bowl After Bowl stream, on the No Agenda stream, or in your favorite podcast app, days, weeks, or months, or maybe even years later. We always appreciate you listening. You boosting, you supporting us, and uh, just hanging out, calling in with the voicemails, chatting, sending us emails, dick pics in the bowl. It is, it just everything. It all comes together. It does every token Tuesday. Every single token Tuesday. You know we're gonna be back. Same time, same place. 
next Tuesday. Until then, I'll be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. And as always, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.